It's summertime and we're feeling fine. Welcome to another exciting episode of Everything Zen, where we discuss everything in the Zenoscope universe from Mystere and Gretel to Robin Hood, All Guts No Glory, and so much more. This is Zenoscope. I'm your host, Mark Sells, and we're happy to have you with us for our June edition of Everything Zen. It's really hard to believe, but June represents the halfway point of the year. And it's a time of extremes. If you live in the Northern Hemisphere, summer is starting and every day lasts a little longer. And if you live in the Southern Hemisphere, winter is starting and the days are getting shorter. Did you know that June used to be the fourth month of the year? Before Julius Caesar came to power, the calendar only had 10 months. Then in 46 BC, he created the Julian calendar by adding two more months, making June the sixth month of the year. June itself comes from the Latin word juvenus, which means young people. And Juno was the ancient Roman goddess of marriage and childbirth, making the month of June the most popular month for weddings and baby showers. In the United States, June is LGBTQ Pride Month, Great Outdoors Month, and National Oceans Month. You've got Father's Day and Juneteenth, or Emancipation Day on June 19th this year. The first official day of summer kicks in on the summer solstice on June 21st, and Midsummer Day is celebrated on June 23rd. Not so much the middle of summer, but the midpoint of the growing season, halfway between planting and harvesting. Many important and influential people have been born in June, among them Anne Frank, Morgan Freeman, Paul McCartney, Prince, George Orwell, Meryl Streep, and Marilyn Monroe. The last episode of The Sopranos aired on HBO on June 10th, 2007, and polarized its audiences with that Don't Stop Believin' fade to black. The 21-time Emmy Award-winning show ran for six seasons and had nearly 12 million households tuned in to watch the fate of Tony Soprano. On June 26, 1977, Elvis Presley performed in public for the very last time. King died from a heart attack just a few months later at age 42. Also celebrating a June birthday, Mike Tyson, who bit Evander Holyfield's ear in a boxing match on June 28, 1997. When it was revealed that Evander had actually lost part of his ear, Tyson was disqualified from the fight and briefly banned from boxing. The zodiac signs for the month of June are Gemini and Cancer. We'll be getting into a lot more of that coming up on this podcast. We've also got some fantastic zodiac-focused podcast Word of the Month prizes for you. We'll be joined by Zenoscope co-founder and zodiac creator Joe Brusha. Later on, we'll be speaking with Jackie Lai, star of the upcoming action adventure Eraser Reborn, a cinematic reboot of the Arnold Schwarzenegger 1996 classic Eraser. So stay with us as we gaze upon the vast universe and explore the signs of the Zodiac. The June edition of Everything Zen starts right now. English poet Letitia Elizabeth Landon once wrote about the Zodiac, I will look on the stars and look on thee and read the page of thy destiny. That's all. You just have to look up in the sky. It's all written in the stars. 
The zodiac was used in the Roman era and based on concepts from Hellenistic and Babylonian astronomy from the mid-first millennium BC. It's the basis for the ecliptic coordinate system, a belt-shaped region in the sky that extends 8 or 9 degrees to the north or south ecliptic across the path of the sun in the celestial sphere over the course of the year. And it's divided into 12 signs, each occupying 30 degrees of celestial longitude corresponding to the star constellations Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Today, astrology is considered a pseudoscience in that it lacks experimental and scientific validation and explanatory power. But in ancient times, astrology and astronomy were inseparable, as astrology was a means of interpreting the influence of stars and planets on early affairs and human destinies. Astrology originated in Mesopotamia in the 3rd millennium BC and spread from India and Greek civilizations to European culture during the Middle Ages, continues to provide love, financial, and health guidance today. What's your sign, and how is your day, month, or year going to go? You can check out your daily horoscope in the Chicago Sun-Times, Washington Post, Elle Magazine, Horoscope.com, and so many more. Of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention another zodiac-related topic, and that involves the pseudonym of the still unidentified serial killer in the greater San Francisco area in the late 1960s, who claims to have murdered 37 victims and is linked to numerous cold cases still open today. Nicknamed the Zodiac Killer, the origin of the name was tied to a series of taunting letters and cards that he mailed to local newspapers, threatening various acts if they were not printed. Many of the letters included cryptograms or ciphers, two of which remain unsolved and one was cracked as recently as 2020. Perhaps a good story for Zenoscope's Tales of Terror quarterly series sometime down the road. But Zenoscope's Zodiac character is no serial killer, although he does have a killer instinct running through his veins. Born in Belfast, Ireland in 1982, Logan Patrick O'Connell saw his parents killed when he was very young and his sister murdered by a drug dealer. After being recruited by the real Irish Republican Army, all records of his existence ceased in 2004. Enter Merlin the Magician. In the ongoing war between Camelot and the Order of Tarot, Merlin gives himself an advantage. Using Logan O'Connell and the magical properties of the Grail and the astrological symbols of the Zodiac, he creates the deadliest assassin in the universe. An assassin equipped with a Capricorn jetpack, the healing powers of Aquarius, the holographic imagery of the Gemini, and more. Most importantly, Zodiac has the power of the Grail in an enchanted gem in his chest and is one of the deadliest adversaries in the entire Grimm universe. Zodiac made his first appearance in Grimm Fairy Tales Volume 2, Number 19 at the very end, possibly the very last frame. He continued to participate in the Knights of the Round Table and Camelot storylines. Then, in February 2019, he saw his own three-part storyline evolve as he continued to take on Tarot's biggest threats. Last year, he fought Mano Imano with Death Force in a Grim Universe Presents, and earlier this month, 
He had the spotlight cast upon him once again with a storyline that hit close to home, so a lost family member comes a-knockin', along with Hydra and a special appearance from the Black Knight. To discuss all of the above and then some, we'll be joined by Zodiac creator and Zenoscope co-founder Joe Brusha. But before we connect with Joe, let's take a quick look at the prizes you could win if you enter our June podcast, Word of the Month Contest. Take it away, Noah. Welcome you to the month of June. The temperature is rising, the sun is shining, and there is only one thing on everybody's mind. That's right, Xenoscope's Word of the Month contest. Anybody can enter and anyone can win. All you have to do is listen for this sound. When you hear it, we'll reveal this month's secret word or phrase. Email us at info at with that secret word or phrase, and you'll automatically be entered into our raffle. One lucky first place winner will be selected to receive a super prize pack featuring our character of the month, Zodiac. This includes an exclusive cover with artwork by Gibo Vigante, in addition to the first three issues of the original Zodiac series, autographed by writer and Zenoscope co-founder Joe Brusha. Furthermore, you'll be getting the brand new, hot-off-the-press, grim spotlight, Zodiac, featuring the Black Knight. Two second-place winners will also be selected to receive a Zodiac prize pack, including the original three issues and the newest Grim Spotlight. A handful of runner-ups will be randomly pulled as well and receive discount codes that can be used to purchase comics, prints, figures, and more, all available on our web store. Don't forget to email us at info at with that secret word or phrase for your chances to win. But remember, only one submission per person. Back to you, Mark. Double the flavor, double the fun. Just like Wrigley's Double Mint Gum, we're popping into back-to-back episodes with our fearless leader and co-founder, Joe Brusha. Joe joins us now to talk about Zodiac horoscopes and an incredible arsenal from the waters of Aquarius to the Sagittarius bow, his own inspirations from film and television, origin story mechanics, and most importantly, we talk about Zodiac character whose creation has close personal ties to Joe's own family. Well, it must be written in the stars to have him on back-to-back episodes of Everything Zen, Zenoscope's co-founder and astrological architect, Joe Brusha. Happy to have you back with us, Joe. Thanks. I didn't realize it was back-to-back. I guess, uh, yeah, we did Jasmine last month. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies, I guess. So, but now, good to be back. Now, over the years, you've talked about your interest in conspiracy theories, myths and legends, and a wide variety of cryptids. Are you also into astrology and the signs of the Zodiac? Do you actively read and follow your own horoscope? Uh, I do not. <laughs> That's one <laughs> thing that I'm not, I'm not, God, I don't, I don't know if I've ever read my horoscope. I mean, I'm sure once in a while I did, if I ever saw it in the paper or something, but no, I mean, I find it, I find it interesting, I guess, the history behind it and, you know, the, the way that the constellations turn the stars and things like that, but I'm not, I'm not a big horoscope uh, person. What is your sign? I am a Libra. And do you know your characteristics? I, I do. I have, you know, I think my mom was kind of big. If I remember correctly, and this is going way back. Uh, I think my mom might have been like into the horoscope stuff. And I remember her because I kind of remember her reading hers. And, and then, yeah, so she would tell me I was a Libra. 
And so I kind of, you know, know some of the, you know, some of the characteristics of it and some of the other ones, like, you know, it's supposed to be the scales of justice, very even tempered, um, that kind of thing. We asked because Zodiac is a character that channels all the powers of the Zodiac. He's an assassin. He's got badass weapons and magic galore. How was the character first conceived? Because not only is he distinguished by his Zodiac-like powers and weapons, but he's also Irish, Logan Patrick O'Connell. And I was curious about these two distinct characteristics and how they came to fruition. Yeah, so funny story on that. So I think the creation of the character, again, I I find that we did a whole um, Zodiac cover gallery for one year uh, since there's 12 12 months in our characters as Zodiac characters. Um, I, I do although I'm not into my horoscope and, and those kind of things, I do, you know, again, am fascinated by the, uh, by the different, I guess, characters of the Zodiac and the different animals and things like that. And I was just trying to think of a cool character that would fit into the, it was the age of Camelot series uh, for fairy tales is when he was introduced. And I don't know, I started thinking of, you know, again, I don't know where half these ideas come from, but I started thinking about, you know, how would, how would, each sign correspond to a power or a weapon or something like that. And I was like, I don't think anybody's ever, and I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody's done it somewhere in the past, but I don't think anybody's kind of used the name Zodiac for one character um, that I know of. Uh, and maybe somewhere deep in my memory they have, but also kind of combine that with the signs of the Zodiac to have different powers and different weapons. And um, it kind of tied into Age of Clam a lot with Merlin and magic. And I, you know, you would think somebody like Merlin would be interested in astrology and this, you know, the constellations and those characters and things like that. So that's, that's where the actual character came from. The Irish part is a little bit of a nepotism on my part, I guess, where, so I have two nephews um, and they're both kind of hellions. Hopefully they're parasolicitous, even though they know they are. Um, you know, they're young. And I was just trying to think of, you know, an interesting background to give this character. So he's actually named after one of my nephews. And um, he kind of, you know, very Irish. And, and um, just that's where the impetus for that came from. And then I started digging into kind of like, you know, the IRA and the real IRA. I didn't know much about those, those organizations. You know, you've heard about them. And I, I guess they were much more prevalent back in the you know, eighties and nineties and I had but they're still around today. And, and so trying to give him an interesting background on where he could have came from. So that's how that was kind of the genesis of where the character came from. In early 2019, uh, Zodiac got his own three part series that slowly started to uncover some of the things you were talking about his backstory, how he was created by Merlin. Uh, his sister was killed by a drug dealer, et cetera, et cetera. Origin stories can be told in, various formats, linear, non-linear, quest, flashbacks, viewpoint. How did you decide what storytelling approach to use with Zodiac? Well, I think since he was already introduced as a character with his powers intact, you know, we had to kind of go back to do a flashback. And and I think in comics, it seems to me to be, maybe, maybe in a lot of, I think movies are much more linear. You know, you do get quick flashbacks, but usually it's a kind of in the moment story for, for the most part. I think in comics, um, there's a lot more flashbacks. So I think it's, I think that's a byproduct of, you know, you want to create a cool character. You want to get somebody interested. So, you know, having a 15 year old kid, unless it's Spider-Man, I guess, um, be, you know, be the focus point of the story is hard. 
So you introduce these characters with their powers already intact, um, already kind of mature, and then you go, well, what what was the you know where did this character come from? What what made them what they are? And besides their powers and their you know, individual makeup and things like that. So for me, you know, when since he was already here and established, we hadn't established his origin. He kind of popped in as a cool character as a henchman for Merling. Um, it just made sense to go back and do it kind of as a flashback type story uh, to reveal what had happened in his past. And I think, like I said, I think, you know, Frank Miller did that a lot. I think he completely reinvented Daredevil um, by doing that, which was one of my favorite, probably my favorite comic book character uh, still to this day. Um, you know, his run on Daredevil was, was awesome. Um, so I think that, you know, I took some of that, some of that from him. And, and I think that's the way it is once you have the character established. You've got the Capricorn jetpack, the power to heal using the waters of Aquarius, being able to create a duplicate of himself with the power of the Gemini. What's your favorite power of Zodiacs and why? It's mm, a good question. I like, I would probably say since I'm a Libra, uh, his handguns, which are, you know, considered the scales of justice. I think they're really cool. And the way that they're kind of, um, uh, integrated with his helmet. Um, I also like the, the scorpion stingers uh, that come out of his arm. So more of aggressive, you know, weapons type <laughs> powers. Um, and I think, you know, the, he's got a lot of cool, cool powers and we've got to kind of, um, you know, it, it's hard when there's so many. <laughs> right. Well, it, well, is there a Zodiac sign or power you haven't explored with him yet? No, I think we've had them all out there, but like sometimes when I'm writing, and, and, you know, other people have written this character too, I think, but I always think, I don't know that we've had the opportunity to really, like you mentioned the Gemini power, like that's a cool power and they've done it in, you know, I remember in Total Recall when Arnold Schwarzenegger had the, had the watch and was, you know, duplicating himself and then they yeah. do it in uh, the Avengers where Loki can duplicate himself and it's a really cool power, you know, we've probably underused that, like, um, again, with so many, I think, I think, you know, we probably have to expand on some of them and uh, show his thought process with so many of them. But maybe that's why he, you know, he just likes to pull out the guns and start blasting. He doesn't worry about the other ones. So. <laughs> well, in addition to his own mini series, we were treated to a SmackDown uh, between Zodiac and Death Force last year. And this month, he is the grim spotlight with a unique story that involves a relative of his, Hydra and the Black Knight. So without spoilers, what can you share about the story and how does it enhance Zodiac's purpose and motivations? So again, a little bit of nepotism. Um, I needed to, uh, since I have two nephews, I needed to treat them equally and they're very, they're, they're young and impressionable. So I wanted to create um, a side character for my other nephew. So that, that's a little bit of it. Um, I also, uh, you know, wanted to expand on his backstory and um, flesh that out a little bit more. Um, so that that takes place in this in this issue. And you know, I think that it's it's Zodiac has a lot of guilt about what he's done in the past. So how's he going to handle that? And he's still not really a hero, um, or, nor an anti-hero. I think he's kind of on the fence of where he's going to be or what he's uh, done. So a lot of that gets resolved in this issue. I hope that doesn't give too much away, but. Um, that's kind of the, what the impetus for the uh, story was. That's good. Well, you mentioned family as being uh, an inspiration, but as a storyteller, 
what types of movies, films, books, characters are you following today that fuel your creative side? Wow. That's a tough question because I don't read, nor do I watch movies, nor do I watch TV shows as much as I would like to, as I should, as much as I used to um, before I started this company. <laughs> I was just talking, we're supposed to have, uh, my wife and I are supposed to watch uh, Breaking Bad tonight, which I've tried to finish for like 10 years, or however long it's been out. But, um, wow. you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm a big fantasy person. I think, you know, my favorite book series is The Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, I think they did a tremendous job with the films. Now, they're not as good, but they're they're probably the best adaptation of any novel that I've ever seen. Um, you know, the original comics that I that I read, I think were were very uh, influential. Um, the Star Wars films. Um, you know, I watched Empire Strikes Back. You know, after not seeing it for probably 20 years, uh, you know, after the first time I saw it. And I didn't realize how much it affected me until I saw it again, how much it kind of, um, you know, inspired me at that age, young age of 10 or 11 to kind of, uh, you know, teach you what's right and what's wrong because I didn't have a great uh, moral center at home uh, with my family. So I think that I, you know, those kind of movies that are, that are both action oriented, but also have a heart, um, you know, that, that's a lot of where I think I get some of my ideas from. Very cool and insightful, Zenoscope fans. In typical Zenoscope fashion, and this is not really a spoiler, um, but there's a teaser at the end of Grim Spotlight. You know, what will Zodiac do now? There's a lot of good that can be done. So when will we see Zodiac again? And what does the future hold? Um, hopefully, you know, again next year, I would think most likely we'll do another one-shotter. You know, uh, I, I think we're kind of experimenting with the way we're, we're releasing stories now, whether they're one shots or mini series. Um, we just planned uh, a new Oz mini series, which we haven't done many mini series lately with our Grim Fairy Tales universe, but we're planning that today uh, in one of our story meetings. So we're, we're kind of experimenting. Maybe we'll do another mini series with Zodiac. I'd like to, I think he's one of, um, well, obviously we have a ton of female characters that we really are prevalent and we have a lot of female uh, heroes, uh, we'd like to expand the male ones, you know, get them out there a little bit more. And I think from the fan reaction that I've seen from Zodiac, people seem to really like him and Death Force. So I think we've got to kind of continue to bring him to the forefront. I think he's an interesting character. Um, so definitely, you know, another another one shot at, at the least next year, and maybe we'll try and get a new series out. Oh, that's exciting. Well, that'll do it for now. I think our horoscopes are all full. So until next time, and maybe we'll do it again next month, <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Mark. If you'd like to learn more about Zodiac, stop by Zenoscope.com today, and midway down the homepage, you'll see a section entitled Zodiac 101. It's got the single issues of Zodiac as well as his bout with Death Force and the latest Grim Spotlight released this month. Everything you need to uncover the powers of the Zodiac. Our podcast word of the month is here and for June we're going to go with the Zodiac sign that is represented by the scales for balance, harmony, peace, and justice. The sign that aligns with Zenoscope's very own Joe Brusha. And that would be Libra, someone born between September 23rd and October 22nd. The June podcast word of the month is Libra. 
Moving forward now, let's take a look at some of the exciting events coming up on the Zenoscope calendar for June 2022. New releases drop every Wednesday and are discussed in detail on YouTube with Amber and the creators on our weekly live stream, New Comic Wednesdays. This month, Zodiac makes his stellar return in a new grim spotlight with special guests, Hydra, the Black Knight, and a blast from Zodiac's past. Then, just in time for summer, we're heating things up with the 2022 Grim Fairy Tales Swimsuit Special. Four incredible covers and a new story that features all of your favorite heroines and villainesses soaking up the sun. It's a must-have book, one of the most popular releases every year. Also this month, you can learn how Sky Mather's story begins in the Grim Fairy Tales Odyssey graphic novel. Robin tries to help Mystere and Talisman escape their own demons in the Robin Hood annual, Children of Darkness. Sky continues to work her way out of the oppressive steampunk world of Oz in issue number 61 of Grim Fairy Tales. And last but not least, for Team Carries fans out there, the Goddess of Death returns to the classroom in an all-new Tales of Terror quarterly with four new lessons for students and teachers at the end of the month. The new metal comic, metal cards, and sticker set have all been released for June and are available for subscription on Zenoscope.com, along with the new 2022 Collector's Club editions for board game cosplay and catch them throughout the month. Elias Chadzutis' Steampunk Wonderland series returns for its third installment on Wonderland Wednesday, June 22nd and Zenoscope celebrates its 17th anniversary with a holiday collectible from Josh Burns. And it stars one of the most sought-after Zenoscope toys. I swear, not a V-Con goes by that someone doesn't mention it, so it should be easy to guess. Our June Featured Artist of the Month is Ivan Tao, and you just have to love his use of color. Stunning, memorable pieces. He has a sticker set and metal cards, and you can get all three new art prints of his for just $40 this month. Plus, get a free copy of the Bell Annual number 25 with a purchase of his Bell full-sized art print. And lastly, we're going to party like it's our birthday, because it is Zenoscope's 17th birthday this month. Ralph, Jason, Noah, Casey, and the gang are back on Wednesday and Thursday, June 22nd and 23rd. They'll have all kinds of new books and packs and prizes and games, special guests, and lots of birthday fun. That's Wednesday and Thursday, June 22nd and 23rd. Check your emails and Zenoscope's Facebook page for more details. Ladies, gentlemen, and creatures of the fairy tale realm, now the moment you've been waiting for, today's main event. In this corner, there are rumors about this man. This man who was once just a cop. They say he was working a case and that he was attacked, left for dead. No one knows if these are true, but he's stronger than ever. And he's out to seek justice. Not just for those who hurt him but for everyone who seeks it. He comes with a vengeance. And there are even deeper rumors that he's not only defied death, 
but beaten that SOB. He's got a vengeance to kill. Please welcome Death Force. And the other corner, today's featured podcast character. This man has gotten his own NCW exclusive collectible cover for the month of June. Another killer, shall I say. One with magical powers, who many claim was born to kill. Many say he's killed hundreds, making him the deadliest assassin to ever live. But we'll let his fighting do the talking. They say he's on a path to be better. Better. But him taking this fight makes us think otherwise. Please welcome Zodiac. Grim Universe Presents Quarterly, Zodiac vs. Death Force, was written by Jay Sandlin. This 72-page issue features covers by Mike Chrome, Ula Moss, Igor Vitorino, Ivan Nunez, and many others. Two of the Grim Universe's most dangerous antiheroes face each other for the first time ever in a life-or-death battle, neither knowing that they are just pawns in a bigger game. Who is the puppet master behind the scenes pulling their strings? Find out in this special oversized one-shot. This battle opens up with a backstory on each of the characters and how they accidentally stumble into each other's storyline. A typical case of we didn't realize we should be teaming up, there is something more sinister behind the scenes. Will there be a KO in this series? Or at least a clear decision of a winner? Or will these two misunderstood villains right the wrongs of their past and come together to take down what's really behind this quarrel? Get this issue ASAP at Xenoscope.com, Comixology, or wherever you buy your local comics. This month, we are pleased to introduce Jackie Lai as our featured guest for June. Jackie took a leap of faith in 2014 after years of business school and modeling to relocate to the growing film mecca of Vancouver, Canada and chase those acting dreams. Since the move, she has appeared in the CW's The Flash and CBS's Ransom series. She had recurring roles in Shadowhunters and ABC's Once Upon a Time and co-starred with Ian Summerhalder of Vampire Diaries fame horror sci-fi series V-Wars on Netflix. Then, in 2020, Jackie starred in Lifetime's very first holiday movie centered around an Asian-American family called A Sugar and Spice Holiday, the success of which helped spawn another Lifetime holiday movie called Candy Cane Candidate. This month, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jackie right before she makes a big splash in Eraser Reborn a reboot of the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger action film Eraser from Warner Brothers. We got to talk about some of her favorite ad campaigns and acting experiences from early in her career, how the movie Titanic left a lasting impression, and of course, the influence of Arnold, the impact of technology, and how it all comes together in her starring role in Eraser Reborn. Here's how our conversation went. Today, we are so happy to have Jackie Lai here with us on Everything Zen. Jackie, welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. Now, I read that your family immigrated to Canada from Vietnam when you were about five years old. What do you remember from that experience, and how did your family settle upon Toronto as a place to call home? Actually, we, when we first immigrated here, we moved to Vancouver. Vancouver, oh. Yes. So my stepdad at the time had family here, so we moved here with him. Um, I don't remember much of it other than, you know, not understanding anything at all. I think the only words I knew in English at the time was yes or no. That was it. <laughs> um, and I got to experience snow for the first time here. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. But I don't remember much about the, the experience other than, yeah, those little blips. As a young girl, did you always have your sights set on acting or was there another career that excited you more? You know, I always knew I wanted to be in entertainment in some sort of performance arts just because in my room, the doors closed, I would be lip singing, dancing, and no one will know. I was very hyperactive. I felt like as a kid, and it's funny that as I gotten older, I've become much more introverted. But I think as a kid, I always knew I wanted to perform. Um, there was something that just, it just made me so happy. Were there any particular films or actors that helped fuel your acting aspirations? Um, you know, the thing is, when I first came here, because I didn't speak English, I didn't watch a lot of uh, North American films. Um, but one in particular stood out for me because it was the first movie I ever watched in theaters was Titanic. And yeah. <laughs> Pretty memorable That's movie. It. Exactly. Yeah. And at the time, not knowing English, I was still so enamored and in love with what I was seeing. And to me, I feel like it was such a huge impact. Um, it made such a huge impact for me, even as a kid and not knowing English. So I think for me, I would say Titanic was kind of like my intrigue into what film was. That's a good one. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your education. Where did you go to school? What did you study? And at what point did you move away from business into modeling and acting? I did, um, you know, modeling here and there through university. I went to school for business. Um, I was in a long-term relationship it was about five years that ended and just I ended up in a place where it made me think about what is it that I want to do because I think at that time um, the person I was dating wasn't so keen on kind of like me being in you know a model or an actor and when that ended it just kind of opened me up to what is it that I want to do and for me the one thing that always stood out was I guess the arts TV film, because I, I get bored really easily. This industry scares the shit out of me, but also allows me to do so many different things. Um, and so I just kind of woke up one day, booked a ticket, moved to Vancouver 10 days after. Wow. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say the industry scares the heck out of you. What do your parents think about your acting career? Have they been supportive from day one or did it take some convincing? You know, I'm really lucky. I feel like my parents have always been really supportive. Uh, my parents are a lot younger. Um, so I feel like 
our relationship was more, we're more like friends. It was, there was not a lot of like, you have to do this, you have to do that kind of thing. They're just very, yeah, they've always been very supportive. Like I worked for them while I was in university and they would let me like run out of work to go to auditions and do whatever it is that I needed to do. So yeah, I'm really lucky in that, in that aspect. That's great. Yeah. You, you also got to model for, for Axe deodorant, <laughs> Ice, Acura, Subway. Did you have a favorite or least favorite ad campaign that you remember? Uh, one of my favorite. I think one of the most memorable ones, I think, was one. I think, it was, yeah, it was my first commercial. It was for uh, OLG, the Ontario Lottery Gaming Company. And it was a huge set. And we were running away from a robot. And we had to scratch quickly to um, to electrify the, the, the car so that it could go. And it was it was pretty epic for, I guess, for me being the first commercial, uh, first set I'd ever been on so i'd say that's the most memorable any fan of arnold schwarzenegger or action films in general is familiar with eraser what is eraser reborn about and how is it different from the 1996 film eraser reborn is about a u.s marshal mason pollard who runs or is a part of um, a program that erases uh witnesses who are in a life and death situation and that is a way to protect them before they um, show up in court to to testify I feel like in the story is similar to eraser but I think the characters um, are slightly different the world is different I mean in 2020 now erasing people is very different with social media mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of my character, she's um, she's very different from that of which Vanessa William played in the 1996 Eraser. Um, and I mean, we got to use Cape Town as the backdrop and play it as Cape Town, which is so beautiful. And there's so much uh, culture um, that we get to uh, use because it was in Cape Town. So that was really cool. So that, and I feel like that's what makes it different from the 1996 film. Did you study the original Eraser film to prepare for the role? And does it have some of those catchphrases like you've been erased, don't move, you're dead? <laughs> those types of things. <laughs> um, please, say, please say yes. Yes, it definitely does. I mean, how can you not? I think people would be very disappointed if we don't have the catchphrase, you've been erased. Um, like I said I think my character was quite different so um, I could watch the original eraser and not feel like I'm you know emulating anything I did watch it Um, I wouldn't say I studied it but I wanted to kind of understand the story and where and how ours come in Um, so yeah I watched it I wouldn't say I studied it and it was different enough that I could get a good understanding and kind of start anew with Eraser Reborn. Was there anything that you learned from being on, I mean, great television shows like Shadowhunters, Beyond, V Wars that has helped you in your career today and, and has helped you on a film like Eraser? And what are some of the noticeable differences between television and film? 
Well, I think mainly you never really know what's next in television. You know, you, you, you make up your own idea of what you think is happening, what their journey is. And oftentimes things are changed last minute. So you've got to be prepared, but also be very open to change. I mean, I've had it happen dramatically on, on V Wars. Um, like I showed up on set and like, I'd say like 40% of what I prepared is like completely changed. Um, and I think in film, which I love is you get the whole story and you get to, you get to like dive in and make details and explore every single one. And there's no, there's kind of always a rush with TV. It's like, keep going, you keep going. And there's, you know, I feel like there's an intricacy with film that I get to explore because everything's there for me too. Um, and so, yeah, I would say I, I, I love film. TV is challenging, but it's really cool to kind of keep learning and to keep um, being surprised by the challenges that come at you. As long as you're not written out of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a different challenge in itself. <laughs> that's right. Was there a particular scene uh, you filmed or off-camera moment on Eraser that you loved? Oh my God, yes. I actually, when I saw the preview, I mean, I loved it, but I cried a little because they took out her backstory, which oh. I worked so hard on. But I think... I mean, the team is right. I mean, you get what you need from her story um, of why she was motivated to do what she does. But I think because I spent so much time living in that story that it was kind of heartbreaking when it was like completely cut out, like it didn't matter. But yeah. Maybe on the director's cut, we'll see it. I hope so. I hope so. Jackie's cut. We'll see it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask for a private, private video of that. There you go. Going from vampires and monsters to something like candy cane candidate, mm -hmm. try saying that three times fast, <laughs> um, is quite the change. What types of projects, characters, or genres excite you most? And is there a particular role or genre or filmmaker that you'd like to pursue and work with? Oh my God, so many. I think that's why, that's why I'm in this because there's just so much I want to explore. Um, comedy for sure. I think comedy is just such a challenge, but that's where I find relief in my day to day. Um, so I want to be able to tap into that. I'm working on my vocals right now because I would love to be in a musical. Uh, yeah, but another character that, that really intrigues me is, you know, one to either be a villain um, to get in their minds and then to be, you know, a special ops, somebody with special skills. Um, yeah, that's always really cool. The Sugar and Spice holiday was very significant in that it was Lifetime's first Asian-American holiday film. As an outsider, we're starting to see more Asian-American stories come to life in film and television. As an insider, though, is there anything that stands out in terms of change from 
your early television experiences uh, in commercial days to now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember being in, uh, going into the rooms and if me being Asian auditioning for this role, I was kind of like the, the one-off, you know, and it's never, I've never really seen an Asian name. I've always gone in for a Caucasian name and being like the other option. But um, it's really amazing to see things grow and people being specific too, not just, you know, them being Asian, but, you know, Korean, Vietnamese, and um, people wanting to cast the correct um, ethnicity for the roles. I think that's... uh, wonderful and it's crazy to be able to see that in you know the short amount of time that I've I've been in the industry yeah and it has such an impact on the you know the little jackies that are out there today and seeing representation on film and television is so important 100% i mean i i think i talked about it during the press for sugar and spice holiday where i grew up thinking that to be beautiful you had to look caucasian Mm-hmm. And I dyed my hair blonde. I wore green contacts because I, I didn't I didn't think that me looking the way I was could be a love interest. Mm-hmm. And so getting the role of Sugar and Spice Holiday was a dream come true. I mean, I love romantic comedies and, and yeah, to be able to be a romantic lead was I can't even put into words still. Um, so lucky that it existed and that I was able to be a part of that. Awesome. What, what are some of your current goals? Where is Jackie five years from now? What is she doing? I want to direct. I want to produce. Um, I mean, I love this inter- industry so much and there's so much more I want to do. So definitely um, those through those two avenues. Um, I think also I just fell in love with Cape Town so much that, my dream in five years is to have a vacation home there, be able to go back wow. and forth. Yeah, it's beautiful. Have See, you been? Now, I have not, but now you're like, you're tempting me to hop on a plane <laughs> and go myself. It sounds great. Oh my God, you should. I mean, if you love scenery, culture, sunsets, it's kind of my jam. I loved it there. That's great. And it wasn't on a green screen or in a, you know, in a studio either. So No. Yeah, that's what's really cool. I mean, there's a scene where we got to film in an area that is never really showcased. Um, they went through a lot of, like, hoops in order to, to film there and pay respects to the people there. And I'm really excited for people to see that. It's probably one of my favorite scenes, um, even though I'm not in it, <laughs> of the movie, just cool. because of the area. Mm-hmm. My, my last question for you today, it's after Eraser Reborn releases in June, what upcoming projects do you have? Well, I mean, as you were saying, you know, we're at a time where I'm getting a lot of um, great opportunities. You know, the industry has really opened up um, to, for diversity. And so my team and I are very deliberate in what projects we're doing next. We're reading a bunch of scripts to see what is the best move right now. Is there going to be another Lifetime holiday movie in, in that mix, do you think? I can't say anything. <laughs> we'll hope, though. We'll hope. 
Yeah, I'm I'm always surprised, like I guess because I didn't grow up watching and I'm I'm surprised by how big the fan base is for holiday films. Like people <sighs> it's a it's a staple holiday thing to do. It is. That. And it seems like it starts earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> now we're yeah. in September, counting down. So <laughs> you got your lights up yet? <laughs> no, they never go down. So. <laughs> You're one of those, okay. Mm, sort of, sort of. We have white lights outside that kind of double when we're having parties and things like that on our deck, so. Oh, that's yeah. nice. I love white lights. I feel yeah. like at night, it feels like stars. Yeah, it does. It's really nice. Well, well, Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here on Everything Zen. Congrats on Eraser Reborn. We're looking forward to it on digital Blu-ray and DVD on June 7th and wishing you continued success and all the best. Awesome. Thank you so much for this interview and for your time. Eraser Reborn is available right now on a variety of digital platforms, Blu-ray and DVD. And if you'd like to learn more about Jackie Lai, you can connect with her on Instagram at HiJackieLai. You can also catch her in action in V-Wars on Netflix. Shadowhunters is available on many different platforms today. And you can even catch a Sugar and Spice Holiday and Candy Cane Candidate streaming right now on Amazon Prime. And that'll bring a close to this edition of Everything Zen. A very special thanks to Amber, Noah, Zenoscope co-founder and Zodiac creator, Joe Brusha, and our featured guest, Jackie Lai. I'm your host, Mark Sells. Thank you for listening. Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, Live in the sunshine, swim in the sea, drink in the wild air. That's truly a summer state of mind. Have an amazing June, everyone. We'll see you all again next month right here on Everything Zen.